pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. That is the smooth sound of jazz on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. And here is a show about video games with one life left. Welcome to No Continues, presented by One Life Left. We are a video game discussion group, and this week we're going to be discussing creativity in video games. I'm Steve Curran. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. No Simon Byron this week. Again, he's at a parents' evening. Is it our parents' evening? <laughs> he is. He's, <laughs> That's uh, awkward. You know, we're going to be staying up late, waiting for yeah. him to come back. Get a bit nervous when you hear the key in the lock. Yeah. Come through the door. He's going to scold one of us and praise the other. I can only imagine which way around that would be. Who will it be? We will find out next week when it's our final show before GDC. Excellent. Which I am really, really, really excited about. You excited? Oh, so excited. We're going to have two guest presenters instead of Simon. Are we? Yeah, because he can't go because he's at another parents' evening. No, he's getting married. So that is a valid excuse. But yeah. enough small talk. We should get on with introducing our panel from left to right. Aoife, you're back again. Hello. Yes, Hello. Uh, it's creativity this week. Are you a creative person? You know, I thought I was, but then I played these games and turns out not so much. Really, really. Mm. Um, do you want to tell us what your favourite of the games was this week? Um, I think probably, is it Playpen? Playpen. Just because I I ended up in some quite bizarre situations. Interesting. Well, we'll be talking about those in a second. Daria, you're back. Yeah, I am. Hello, welcome back. Have you had Thank a creative you. week? Uh, I had a really creative weekend. Really? But yeah, the week was just drudgery. Just a week. Um, what, what's been your most creative experience in video games this week, this weekend? Oh boy. Um, actually, I really enjoyed musical games and I kind of decided that I'm going to start uh, a SoundCloud account. Really? Yeah, because that's the only kind of music I can make, you know, where you like just press a couple of buttons and it happens. Do you want to start a band? Do you want to be in the One Life Left band? I've always wanted to be in a band. Okay, well, let's see how your audition goes later. <laughs> 
Gemma, you'll be introducing the music games this week. You're back for your third One Life Left Note Continues? Yes, third one. Uh, must be going quite well for you to come back again and again and again. Well, you haven't asked me to leave yet, so um, I hope so. I just can't find find the way of broaching the subject. It's all <laughs> awkward, probably best not to bring it up on air. I'll just keep turning up then. Have you enjoyed your week with creative video games? I have, yes. Mm, what, was the, what was the best experience you had? Again, the music ones by, by a long way. Excellent. We'll find out more about that later in the show. And Matt, in a second, you're going to be introducing Playpen to us. Yes, hello. Are you excited about that? I am, yeah. It's a very odd game. Interesting. Uh, other games that you've played? Anything interesting in there? Um, a bunch of stuff. To be honest, I, I was feeling I was getting a bit too creative with trying to invent a flaming cocktail yesterday evening, or master <laughs> a flaming cocktail. It's like the time I tried to master the omelette and just end up eating too many eggs. I'm a bit <laughs> fragile today, so the music ones were definitely my favourites because it was just pretty lights and colours. Okay, excellent. Well, we will also be talking about Draw Something later in the show, and we'll be discussing a game called Folding Story. If you want to go away and play those games now, then you can pause us after the beep. Beep. Okay, and we're back. Matt, why not tell us about Playpen? Right, so Playpen, I didn't really know what was going on, and that was sort of a general state of mind for me um, this lunchtime when I tried it, but, but that didn't wasn't helped by the nature of the game, which it kind of appears to be a point-and-click adventure um, where it's sort of very simple. There was three doors. I could click on a man. Or I was outside a castle. And I kind of thought, okay, it's kind of like going to be like a traditional kind of choose-your-own-adventure thing. But then within a few clicks, strange things had happened. Uh, at one point, I think I clicked on the sun, and the sun shoved a towel up my anus. Uh-oh. <laughs> and another point, I got drunk with a frog. And so, so dial it I, back, Matt. What do you see on you screen see, when you're I playing can't this really, game? There's no dialing back from this. This <laughs> is the problem. Is is within seconds I found myself in these situations and I had no idea what's happening. Basically, you just get um, it's just pixelated art mm-hmm. with some pictures of different stuff. Uh, and then when you hover the mouse over these things, it comes up with some text saying something. And sometimes it's a description, like in the first area, it's like castle, knight, river. Um, but they quickly become very abstract and strange. And you just click on them and it takes you to a new picture. So it's almost like you're just going through a picture book. But I didn't understand how it worked because at one point after the angry son had sold me a towel which he'd shoved up my anus, I was in an anus and then I accidentally, because I saw there was a button called edit and I clicked on that and then it said editing anus and I just thought, what's going on? (laughs) And then I thought, I'm going to get some lunch. Um... But it's bizarre. It was too much for me, to be honest. So, Aoife, you had an experience inside this game as well, Yeah, it was much the same as Matt's, really. So I was drawn in by lots of lovely little pixelated pictures and bright colours, and um, I went through this doorway into another world, and it was quite lovely. There was a castle and a town and a dragon. I went into the town, went into a house that had the door open, and then I'm in the midst of a murder scene, and uh, I went to examine the corpse, and then the police burst through the door... And I was given the option of, you know, putting up a fight or running away. I was like, okay, I didn't do this. I'll I'll surrender. Then I'm in a prison and I'm doing unspeakable things to other prisoners. And I'm like, (laughs) where did this all go wrong for me? It was quite graphic. I was just like... It was a bit much, yeah. I mean, I I don't work in an office where not safe for work is a problem. But if I did, I might might be in trouble. I definitely would have been in trouble. (laughs) Daria, did the game get you in trouble? Um, Well... 
with a bit of my luck, I ended up with a picture of a penis. Really? Yes. Um, was this in the game or was this just a casual Google image search? <laughs> Sadly, it was in the game. Um, but the way I understand it is that when you kind of reach a dead end where, you know, no one's been that far, it offers you an option where you can draw something yourself and that's how you continue it, just kind of like, you know, you kind of elongate the path into the world of anuses, towels and penises. So I guess that that is the crux of the game, right? It's a creative game because if there is no exit from this room, you can draw yourself an exit. When and don't draw a penis. Did anybody in this room try drawing something? I gave up quickly. I did, yes. I was given the option of drawing a paedophile shack. <laughs> Which I wanted to decline, but, but it seemed like the only option. I thought I should give it a go at attempting to draw something, okay. so, so I did. And how did it go? Well, it's the usual things you'd expect to find in a paedophile shack. <laughs> but um, but then I, I drew away and then I couldn't work out how to save it, oh, which no. is probably a good thing. So I haven't, I haven't put my stamp on the game and, uh, and tried to make it somewhat less sick because uh, I, I had the same experience. Within moments, I was having sex with a fish. Um, <laughs> and it's literally within moments of, of entering the game. It does look really pretty and then suddenly it goes, it goes pear-shaped very early on. It's like that, you know, sometimes when you just you're a bit spaced out and you find yourself looking at a web page and you go how did I get to this web page <laughs> and you you can't remember you might have clicked on a link on Facebook or Twitter or something and you just have no idea how you've got there mm. um it was like that but much more alarming it's interesting the way all four, four of you seem to have had different experiences but thematically similar <laughs> yeah i found actually with a lot of these these games I had no interest in them immediately because, the especially the narrative-based creative ones, mm -hmm. it's this weird kind of mishmash of like, hey, let's all work together to make a story. But, I mean, this doesn't help that I'm a massive control freak and when I'm making <laughs> things, I want absolute power. Um, but just the idea that you were getting involved in a story which was just at any stage somebody could just come in and scrawl a penis on it, mm. it's sort of like a, an explanation of why comments threads on the internet don't work. Um, but obviously, leaving a comment takes a second. I Me mean, actually spending the time to draw a castle <laughs> as part of a story, knowing that somebody then was going to make it paedophile, you know, castles behind them or something. I was just like, I don't, why should I get involved with this? And it also meant that there was no story or theme running throughout. It was just a sort of hodgepodge. You couldn't travel through with any sort of direction. You'd just suddenly come to something else, a different story. It was basically lots of different stories together. And they were sort rude stories. Like wandering through someone's dreams, really. But not, not a specific person's dreams, the dreams of the internet. The dreams of very strange people, Steve. Very strange <laughs> people. Talking of which, Anne. Oh, okay. It's like an internet trust game, isn't it? You're... So this game is set up, and uh, whoever did the the front page must have had a modicum of artistic talent because that looked very nice. Even so, it's very very blocky pixel art um, that it's drawn in, uh, and when you then go to draw, then it's also very very blocky pixel art that you're drawing in. So there's not a massive degree of artistic license there, but essentially. <laughs> You've opened it up to the internet, gone, here's a really nice thing, uh, go and do whatever you want with it. Okay, that's what you did with it, brilliant, well done guys. <laughs> and it's yeah, we kind of ran a, when I was at uh, Exam last year, we ran a, a Minecraft server on the Xbox, and actually it was a really interesting experiment, because on the PC you have vast amounts of control over who can come and participate. On the Xbox, we had to kind of, like, I engineered a system where basically I left an Xbox running 24 hours a day, and so people could just join the game. And because we had absolutely no kind of server controls, because you just don't on that console, anyone could come in. And it was this thing, if you watch people work together as teams of five or six to make these beautiful, gigantic structures, 
and then just have a couple of people come in and immediately destroy it all. And it was that futility. It was just this depressing thing of going, people just destroy everything. Like, (laughs) what's the point in making things nice? (laughs) Is it possible to build something like this collaboratively, to make something like this work? Definitely, but you have to be on a team together, don't you? There has to be... Everybody has to be invested in it. And because you come at this uh, as an individual, maybe you've had a bit of a rubbish day. Maybe the people that destroyed the things in Minecraft just had a bit of a bad day and wanted to get all of their frustrations out by smashing things up or drawing penises or making really quite weird art about paedophile shacks. Um, (laughs) Because that's how they want to get all of their frustrations out, which is probably better than going outside and punching someone. But yeah, it just feels like there's no kind of teamwork behind this. There's no mission statement. Can I just point out, I was forced to draw the paedophile shack. <laughs> it wasn't my choice. I mean, there was nothing else I could draw. You could shut it down at that point before you'd even drawn anything. <laughs> I suppose there's two points, though, in the, in the does it work or can it ever work, mm. this collaborative storytelling. Can it work in a way that you don't end up with a world that's just, you know, uh, kids drawing penises on beautiful art everywhere and can it actually work in can you tell a worthwhile story where a, a lot a lot of people are writing a different not bit without it? consent i don't think i think it's all about having i mean i guess really like pen and paper rpgs like you know stuff like dungeons and dragons really that's collaborative storytelling is it because you need a dungeon master there you do you do but then obviously like you've got the other people who are also shifting their story in different ways and there is it's all about consent and trust there again the fact that at any point if one of the players decides they don't want it to work anymore they can just constantly throw Mm. you know sticks in the spokes and you need to have that kind of back and forth and without that it doesn't work. But you also need a moderator. You need the dungeon master to say, okay, I'll take that bit of the story you're telling, that bit of your story, and I'll bring in... I think so. I think you need to have, like, a leader. I mean, to Mm. me, a lot of these things felt like the exercises you get when you work for massive companies, and they go, all right, we're going to do team building, and you end up, like, shoved with a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about and, and all have equal opinions. And I just, at that point, I just switch off. I just think, I'm not doing this. This is rubbish. I quite enjoyed the... uh sort of disparate nature of all of the ideas that so you click on something you literally have no idea where you're going next what that is going to be and it you know it's not uh, a narrative experience but it's definitely an interesting experience into the mind of humans <laughs> which is you know that you start off with a page i've i'm seeing this page i'm about to click on something what would i have drawn there i would not have drawn that that's very interesting um and it's you know, if you just take it as a snapshot, each page is a different snapshot, then it's different, but it's definitely not an interesting narrative story <laughs> at all. The sac- oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's interesting as well, well, it was to me anyway, that, y- you know, you give people this blank canvas to do anything they want with and to be as random as, you know, inverted commas, as, as they like, and they all end up kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. It's like everyone's idea of random is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think, like, I, I quite enjoy the freedom that you get with this game because you're not you're like you're not limited and I think in a lot in a lot of cases it freaks people out and they say oh well, what, what do I draw obviously it's a penis because a lot of people go ahead and doodle that when, when they have pen and paper um, but you also come across some real gems and like some really kind of wacky bizarre stuff and and that's why I think it's quite quite interesting because it's one of the very few games that don't limit you to certain space certain kind of you know rules um, so it's kind of like a social experiment but a better one than you know curiosity and to have a moderator would really defeat the purpose in that. I mean, it's a it's a brilliant idea. It just really hasn't worked in this case. 
but I imagine it could. could it like it feels like it a could. game that could work really well if it was like was a kind of Facebook style social game where like you'd invite some friends and then you'd draw a picture and then your friends would be able to link off to it and then do next bits and you then you'd be like, Oh, it's your turn now, you can do the next bit of the story. So it's almost uh, if you don't allow them anonymity that they have to like you know, yeah, well, if you do it with your mates, then they, you know, they might mess around with it. But then you'd just be like, well, if you want to take it seriously, you'd just be like, well, we're not inviting him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my mates would be worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> the second game we're going to talk about today is Folding Story. Who wants to introduce that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Folding Story was such... I think it was maybe the most simple game we've, we've had. It, it's literally like... Um, it kind of reminded me of that game where you you did at school where you'd fold up a piece of paper and everyone would draw um, a monster. So it'd be like the head of the monster, the body and the feet, and then you'd unfold it and it'd be like some horrendous aberration. But this, it was um, it was in text form, so it was like um, each little story gets like ten parts and so you can choose to start your own or you can add to someone else's. And um, then, you know, everyone can go back through, like, the archived sort of completed stories at the end. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like, it was like um, Play a Pen, but in a sort of text format, but a little bit more um, civilised, I'd say. Um, there were some really interesting stories I saw in there. There were some um, ones that I read to do with, like, you know, Superman and, you know, reality TV and just really random stuff. But um, it was a good idea, I thought. So it's sort of like crowdsourced fan fiction. Yeah, almost in a way. Interesting. Uh, did anyone have any interesting experiences with Folding Story? I found it really frustrating. <laughs> um, I don't know, just because just because I have spent a lot of time being a writer and doing writing, I, I found it really frustrating because you, all you can see is that the previous thing that's been written. So it's like what you do with the monsters, you know, where you have like when you fold the paper and you just see a few lines. Mm-hmm. But the outcome with the monsters is you just look at this dumb picture and go, ha, ah, that's cool. But with this, it was like you get a paragraph and then you have to carry on the story. And I found myself like ca- trying to carry on, the st- carry on the story, but I found myself taking it quite seriously and trying to like think of a good way to do it. But then ultimately having that being kind of like fighting against my brain, going yeah, but it doesn't matter hmm. because you don't know any of the context. So, so in one story, for example, like I had it so the guy started shouting at this person because it was his daughter and then after I'd written it it was like no it wasn't it was his like and you just get these nonsensical things and people are ruining my story well no it's just like (laughs) what's the point in this I don't get it it's like we're writing a collaborative story but we're not we're literally writing like a schizophrenic ramble it was yeah. interesting because I looked at the um, there's they have like a, a help sort of file or a, a page on the site that says how to to be good at this at this game, and um, it said you know a lot of people are trying to be funny a lot of the time and and one of the tips was you know an, an action uh, fold is just as important as as a funny fold and you know it was kind of trying to give people guidelines to actually make a coherent story out of it whereas you know from looking at it a lot of people were trying to as you say just make random stuff happen I really didn't like it because I've I've played it in real life and in real life it really works you sit around with a group of friends probably when you were a child and uh, and you do it and but then you get you get it immediately back so then you will read it out very quickly and you get to see it I really hated the way that this took so long so I participated in one of the stories and then I got an email the next day with with it finally finished and that was just so frustrating and it it took away any any of the interest or the fun in the game you didn't get any sort of pleasure from going back and reading the stuff and seeing what people had done with your work 
I didn't even bother to open the email. By what? that point, I'd lost interest. Oh. No, it's mostly rubbish. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Is like <laughs> the one that what well, I was really strange. I carried on from one that said like the car accident at Bordeaux, and it was like sounded quite bleak. And, and then I was like, I carried it on being like you know this woman kind of waking up dazed and going out to house. And then when I l- opened it up after to look at the ones before that, it was just nonsense. And it was like, <laughs> oh, it was just me and this person. The first one was like really serious, and then the ones in the middle were just like blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> and then the ones at the end were like. And yeah, there's just you can't carry enough context over. I think that I played that one as a kid as well. It was awesome fun, but it's because you played it with your school friends, and it was mostly about like, oh, James fancies Becky. <laughs> but when it's like characters you don't know, you're like, what's the context? How do they know each other? And when you can't necessarily trust the person you're either mm. following or who's no. going to follow you, and they could easily ruin your work, or you could be building foundations on, you know, nothing. I felt that I ruined the work. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. So I uh, I picked up this story. I wrote something that I thought was I was like pretty pleased with that. One. One, and then uh, looked back. Turns out, I had written something that completely went against a couple of something that was said a couple of uh, a couple of lines mm. before, mm. and I was really disappointed in myself. I then had to have a word with myself and say, a it doesn't matter, <laughs> <laughs> and b there is no way that I could have known that that yeah. was in there. Mm. So you know, it, it's sort of like you want to write something that's nice, something that's good, something that's concise, maybe funny, maybe if the story seems a bit bleak, something that goes along with that tone. And then everyone else hasn't been thinking the same way. But what I really hated about it was that there's a leaderboard and you can get points. And the idea of anyone being good at this is just how, ridiculous. How do you get points? I, I couldn't work that out. I think you can each you can get people to like your paragraphs or whatever they are and then I presume the person with the most likes. But, but the whole point is it, it's a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. So that the idea that someone can be particularly good at, I really didn't like. Yeah. It's like Anne said, it's just like, it's incredibly frustrating to play because you want to do a good job and not just be like, I want to write the best paragraph ever. (laughs) But you want to like be a part of this collaborative writing story thing because that's a cool idea. Mm. But then it's impossible because it just doesn't give you the, the scope to do it. And so you, I had the same thing. It was like, I, I described the person's character as being her daughter, and it's like a couple of before, it was like their girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> I've messed it up. But. I wonder whether what would be interesting is if uh, you allowed four people to continue the story and then the crowd to vote on which one of those that four. That worked really well, yeah. Um, is the best one. And then to go from that. And so you have this constantly branching system. I mean, you wouldn't even have to vote. You could pick up the story from whichever branch you wanted and then follow that down. And you'd end up with these stories all beginning from a single seed cascading out into all kinds of different narratives and the ones that are terrible would just stop because why are you going to continue a story in which the person is betrayed you know it's it's, uh, their mother and then it's their daughter or whatever instead you'll take one of the other branches and you will end up with a collaborative story well that sounds like a much better game yeah that sounds like a good game whereas this get wasn't it was bad Daria did you have a time with it. Um, I did have a time with it. I found it really unengaging. Um, and I do agree with Matt. I think it's a hit and a miss because um, it could work, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It Maybe it would be better off as an app where you play it similarly to uh, Draw Something, um, where it's just you and your friends. Um, and that way you kind of keep that, you know, kind of feel of the childhood game where it's just you and your mates and, and you talk about the same things like you know what you're talking about whereas it's just strangers and like whatever comes out of their head and you're completely like unaware of their background or what they're trying to say so um, I think it'd be fun but not in this medium not not just online open for everyone and anyone it didn't make you want to be more creative it made me want to close the window <laughs> <laughs> did anyone have any uh, any creative moments with the game at all Mm. <laughs> I had a man shouting at someone about pomegranates. <laughs> um, was that you? 
Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your story. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It was ruined anyway when I look back at all the stuff and it didn't make sense. But it was somebody saying, like, the one before was like, oh, these pomegranates are as cold as your heart or something. And then, and then I turned the man to say, oh, you're no daughter of mine unless you like pomegranates. And, yeah, it was weird. But, yeah. Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is No Continues, our video game discussion group. It's kind of like a book club. Yes, it is. Hmm. This week we're doing creativity. In the background right now, you can hear Slack Jawed by Balloon Barrett's from chipmusic.org, where we get all of our chip music from. It's an excellent place. Actually, we don't get all of it from there. Sometimes people email chip tunes to us, which yeah. you can do at team at onelifeleft.com. If you have any commentary you want to add to this show, well, it's a bit late really because we're doing the show <laughs> no let us know that it was brilliant you had a lovely time and you can do that by tweeting at one life left or you can email us we also have a website facebook and linkedin you can come and work for one life left how's that worked in uh, our linkedin sorry going uh so far just me working for one life left. i haven't even joined yet that's why ah oh. mm. okay <laughs> yeah okay well uh we're doing creativity this week we've just done two narrative games playpen and folding story now we're going to do some drawing games. We're going to start with Draw Something. Daria, you've been playing this, haven't you? I have been, yeah, since 2012, oh, look actually. look at you. You should be an expert. Uh, I should, but I kind of gave up on it uh, about a year ago. Why did you do that? Uh, because I think like it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of dedication. And while it is awesome and I absolutely loved it, um, I think you kind of, I don't know, the novelty wears out after a while. And, you know, like you, you, you kind of, you're not bothered about being that funny anymore you're not bothered about putting effort into your drawings but at the time i was awesome like fortunately for zynga the novelty <laughs> wore out for everybody oh. just after they bought it for how much i love this it's my favorite thing in the fact that they spent so much money on a game that was a complete flash in the pan and a company i really dislike lost a <laughs> lot of money because of it so what do you do in draw something basically in draw something oh you don't... good uh, sorry i thought you said you draw something <laughs> Well, Which is true. You do do that. Uh, but first, you have to download an app. Um, I think it's um, well, it's iOS, but also Android. Um, and then you sign in with uh, you can sign in with your Facebook account or just create an account. Um, and then you can add friends on it uh, or strangers. 
whatever floats your boat, uh, and you draw things with them, and they have to guess what you've drawn, and vice versa. Okay, so it sounds quite creative. It is. And it sounds a little bit easier than the previous two games, where you're given a blank canvas and said, do whatever. Although that said, Gemma was directed, she claims, into drawing her... I absolutely was. I looked around for other things to draw and there was nothing else. Fine. I mean, it seems to me that there must be some way of drawing what you want to. Because (laughs) otherwise people wouldn't have drawn those things that they drew. It was a beautiful paedophile shack. (laughs) Uh, But all the features. (laughs) Classic. But in Draw Something, you generally don't draw paedophile shacks, do you? No, because you're slightly limited because you are given a choice of things to draw. Every option has a certain amount of points assigned to it. So you can choose a complicated one, which um, could be, I don't know, a shack for a normal person, which would be quite hard to draw, and then you get like a certain amount of points. Whereas something easy like a balloon, and you get like one point. Um, but you, it doesn't mean you, you can't put your own spin on it. There was this guy who would put uh, Batman in all his drawings, and he was awesome. And he went a bit viral at the time. Um, so you could still you could still like fit a little penis in a little court, and like in, in a corner in there. If, I like if you, to do if that. If you really want to, it's a so it's a social game, uh, but a creative one as well. And it was very very big last year, and it's not so much anymore. <laughs> Matt, why why did it capture the public consciousness so so well? I think it was just fun. Um, it, it was <laughs> there a, you go, developers. Just, you make, games just fun. make fun games. No, but <laughs> I think idiots. the <laughs> yeah, why are you not doing that? No, I, what I liked about it was it, it was so simple. It was such a simple thing to explain. And I think when I started playing it, it's because a friend of mine was playing it in the pub, and I said, "What are you doing?" And then I said, "That sounds like fun." And then I downloaded it and started playing it in the pub. And I think that was the wild vibe. Was basically you just see someone doing a drawing, and you go, "What are you doing?" And then it's basically Pictionary, mm-hmm. um, crossed with MS Paint, and that sounds fun. But it wasn't fun for very long for reasons that aren't entirely clear. I think their reward mechanic was rubs. Yeah. Because they were like, you could spend the coins that you earned from playing the game on more colours, which after a while I realised you were like an artist who was being paid in like letting... <laughs> you get like, oh, we'll sharpen your pencil for you. Like, it's like, well, just keep drawing. I think, I mean, part of the reason that it got so popular in the first place was that people were, were adding their creations to like Facebook and, and sharing them. And I think that for a while, everyone got really caught up in, in sharing all these mad pictures. You know, I, I remember seeing ones that people were relating everything to Pokemon and, and, you know, trying different things with it and stuff. But, I mean, after you play it for a while, it's like, what else can you really do with it, you know? I think it really caught on because it was really um, inclusive, so you didn't have to be good at drawing. But if you were good at drawing, you could be brilliant. <laughs> and um, and so everyone could engage with it, really. But then it got to the point where the more friends you had on it, the more, oh, God, I've got however many, ten draw yeah. somethings to do. And it became really stressful. <laughs> um, you know, it's as bad as replying to work emails. Worse, in fact, because it took longer most of the time. I think as well, like, when you think about it, right, when you play Pictionary, you can probably count on one hand how many times you've played Pictionary in your life, right? Mm. It seems like a great idea on Christmas Day, whatever, your family gets together and you get, oh, let's play Pictionary. Yes, what a brilliant idea. Once you've done it that one night, you don't really feel like playing it again for another couple of years. So I think that was kind of part of the rise and I do remember having a wonderful experience with it, though, where I think the word was rupee, and I I spent (laughs) ages in a pub, uh, probably quite drunk, trying to accurately draw a kind of Zelda-style rupee, and just repeatedly getting it wrong and rubbing it out. And the way it happens when you send them to people is is it kind of draws them in the way that they drew them um, so it would, must have been such a long animation I mean like <laughs> repeatedly going no 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 and then starting it again and 
And then eventually, and then I got it back because when obviously you can see them trying to guess it and see how long it took them. And it was just, when I got that back, it was just so long of nothing happening. And then she didn't get it. And then she drew her one back. And it was just like her writing on the screen, just going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and it was just like... Yeah. <laughs> we have a feature on One Life Left, the proper series, uh, which is called Anne Art, where Anne oh, yeah. draws things I do. for the listeners, and we have to describe them. In many ways, that was a precursor to draw something, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, and I don't think that we had uh, enough recognition for that. Or money. Mo- mostly money. How yeah. did you get on with Draw Something, Anne? <sighs> Well, my art isn't the best, is it, Steve? Uh, <laughs> I mostly copy things as well. Um, yeah, my drawing isn't very good. I felt very under pressure. I felt like my finger was never small enough to be able to put in the detail. Uh, oh, goodness, I just found it a really stressful situation. Uh, and then I got someone else's back and and they drew a box and then wrote underneath it, box. And the answer... <laughs> Was box, <laughs> and I, I was like, really grasped the, the, the aim of uh, the game. No, uh, I, I, yeah, that. I was like, no, no, that's not it at all. Um, yeah, it's fine. I didn't, I didn't get the creative side of it as much. I don't think. I think that I was just stress, stressing out about trying to draw something that someone else would be able to guess, and then getting very frustrated when they were unable to guess it because I'm not very good at drawing. I think there are two things that we haven't mentioned today, which, which were a big part of Draw Something's success. The first is the directed creativity thing. If you give someone a blank piece of paper and tell them to draw something, they're sort of lost. They don't know what to draw. And maybe that's a problem with Playpen, in that, as uh, one of us mentioned earlier, the, the default is to just to draw a penis. Like, And perhaps that's why it all becomes quite smutty, because that's the easy way out. If you're told to draw something, then suddenly that's a challenge. Oh, how am I going to draw a box and make it look like a box so someone else... You've got a goal there, and that makes it a video game that everyone can understand rather than a creative project, which, you know, sometimes bamboozles people. Mm. I think the second thing is the title, which is brilliant, because it says what you do. If you're given a game called Draw Something, you know what you're going to you're going to be doing. There are a lot of games on, on iOS and stuff which try to be a little bit clever with the title, make a pun or something. Draw something. What's that? It's the game where you draw something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's not super smart. It's not the most clever game. It's not... I don't, I don't think it's the most fun game. But it definitely... It's like an itch to be scratched. It's there. You want to guess what someone else has drawn. You want to draw the thing that's on the screen. Um, and then you're probably done. Who had fun with drawception? I, I couldn't. Did. I couldn't really work on drawception. Was... I had so much more fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So this is essentially you. Uh, you either draw something uh, from a, um, a a phrase, a heading, a sentence that you're given, uh, and then you are also shown another picture, and you then have to basically say what you see. And it's a bit like Chinese whispers. It's the Chinese whispers of draw something. So instead of being told, draw a goldfish, someone else will guess that it's a goldfish. Someone will have been told initially, draw a goldfish. They'll draw a goldfish. Someone else will say, fish in bowl. And that will be given to someone else to draw. And then they will draw something else which will become slightly more obscured. And the title will become slightly obscured. And you get these really interesting pictures. This, for me, seems like it has the bounds 
of creativity but also pulls you in a bit more you're told what to draw but it's often something that has sort of sprung out somebody else's uh, imagination as well has anyone played doodle or die because it's exactly the same just, just me this is awkward um, no, it's, it's, I think the first time I heard about it was um, 2011 um, so it could have been the first one but it's exactly like that um, but I think it's just kind of it's a quicker process um, so I would go I remember I stayed in for two days and I just did that and I'd go through so many like kind of stories narratives in one day um, and I've got a lot of them print screen because they were so hilarious like I was trying to draw um, an alien um I think he was getting attacked by a gentleman, so it was a guy in a top hat. Um, and the the way someone kind of understood it was um, that the alien realised he's gay and he's come to terms with it because he fancies this gentleman. Uh, and it was great, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I uh, draw receptions a lot like that, and, and I kind of felt like, oh... I, like I actually, thinking about it, I wonder whether the title of this game as well plays a big part in its success, because... Drawception sort of blossomed at the same time as Inception, the movie, and people see that and go, I get it, Drawception. And you feel like you're in the joke because it's sort of a drawing within a drawing within a drawing. Mm. That makes people play it. The other reason is it's funny, right, as you point out. It is it is a funny game, and really we could have included this in last week's yeah. humour games because I think the payoff is not so much the creativity, but standing back and going, oh, that's not what I meant to draw, that's what that person thought it was, and seeing how, uh, how you made it all go wrong. I didn't even get that far, because right. the first suggestion I got, the thing I had to draw, was just so complicated. It was <laughs> like, I mean, most people wouldn't have known what it was. It was like, it was said Pudge runs away from volcanic something, and I'm like, that's the name of a Dota 2 character running away from a, another special move from Dota 2. It's like, And it's going to be this, mm. this box that's like three inches by three inches, and it wants me to draw this incredibly... <laughs> complex set of characters I'm just like I can't do that I skipped anything that yeah. was too complicated I skipped and then I definitely did draw the Mexican bandits shoot alien that was excellent <laughs> you see that's even I don't know I was I was at a level of kind of fragility where I was looking for something like dog I didn't get that so. mine was like two sets of clothes in fiance's walk-in wardrobe yeah i mean that's just like it's ridiculous and then like because i i was just having big fat hands like trying to like work this <laughs> it's like, a really MacBook small box thing. isn't it it's tiny and i'm just like <laughs> just trying to like i'm completely filling up the box on one t-shirt i'm like no give up <laughs> yeah as soon as the creative challenge is set to you know high as soon as the bar is too high you just think well i'm not gonna bother trying and no, that ruins it right just skip until you find yeah. something i mean you, I, I skipped a lot mm. until i found uh Bin Laden with Tiz in a sailor suit. And then that was just a fun thing to try and draw. I knew no one was going to guess that, yeah, but I knew I'd enjoy trying that. Yeah. And where did that end up? Oh, nothing <laughs> like it. I think it was something, I think they said something about a boat. It was, yeah. It, was, it didn't get my Bin Laden. I wasn't able to, I didn't chart any of the drawings that I'd done. Were you able, is that something you're able to do? Chart what someone else would have guessed it was? I assume that's something you. I mean, oh. you should be able to see their responses to the picture. You don't get them immediately, though. No, it's... no because people take time to do things. Oh, what? <laughs> that thing again <laughs> drives me mad. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs>
listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, or maybe, maybe you're listening to the podcast, which is available at our website. OneLifeLeft.com. It's also available on iTunes, and soon it will be available on YouTube. Oh. Oh, it will, will it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> We're still trying to work out how to do that. Well, at least we've got the password now, YouTube's, and that's the main thing. That's true. I mean, we do have a YouTube channel. There's just nothing there. Actually, there is stuff there. Oh. The karaoke performances are on it at the moment. Oh. Our wonderful caretaker, Ben, put them up. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> might have been isn't that, against, isn't that against the Geneva Convention? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wonder. Uh, so... We're going to talk about music games now. Yeah. Not karaoke, but nope. another another way of being creative. I took a while trying to find the music games for this section mm-hmm. of the show. I was a very, very big fan of Korg DS10 uh, on the Nintendo DS. We couldn't pick that because you guys don't all have DSs. Maybe I'll talk about it a bit later in the show. So I was looking for an online sequence, or I was looking for a couple of toys. And the first thing I found was online sequencer. I mean, by googling online sequencer. <laughs> that's pretty perfect. Uh, on which you were all challenged to make some music. Yeah. But ha- perhaps we should talk about some of the toys before we come <laughs> to that uh, that part of the the section. Who here played on Tone Matrix? Which one was that? Which one? Yeah. Lots of lights. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Pretty, yes, pretty yes, lights. Yes. What do you do on Tone Matrix? Uh, there is a square of squares and uh you light the squares up and they uh so going wait from left to right um is the time uh, in which the notes will be played going uh up to down is the note pitch uh in which they will be played so you mark a note and then it'll start playing oh Whoa. oh like this <laughs> oh. so okay, we've, I'm gonna we've loaded this up on the uh resonance fm laptop and Anne is uh, colouring in white squares on a on a grid, and she's producing this music. You know, I've used these before, and I really find them magical because I think I just become absolutely mystified by them. Like, I'm like a child again. I'm just like, how does this work? Because it feels like I, it doesn't matter what I click, it still sounds nice. I think it's to do with the type of noises they use that they kind of much more forgiving. I don't understand music, but I love it. <laughs> My friend who does understand music told me that they've done that on purpose because they've put it all in a certain pentascale or something. Again, I don't understand music, but yes, you but can't it. make it sound bad. It's like, I'm like, what happens if I just click all over the place? And I'm like, it still sounds good. How is this happening? <laughs> but also it looks beautiful as well. So the, the, when you press the squares, they, they glow this beautiful white light as well, which makes it feel even more magical. Mm. It's a really pleasant experience, isn't it? Something quite soothing about it, yeah. Something soothing even about the music that Anne is making live. That's the thing, this was lovely. I spent uh, lunchtime recapping on some of these games, and after being bombarded by, you know, um, towels and <laughs> paedophile shacks, it was just, I found myself staring at this and just being a smile on my face, and I thought, I can do this, I like this. <laughs> it's a really, really simple thing, isn't it? There's, there's, And there's a limited amount, theoretically, you can do with it, but it's so compulsive. Yeah. Mm. But also, I downloaded it on my phone because I thought I'd want to come back to it. Obviously, you can't really spend hours and hours at a time, but I just, again, in those moments of stress, I could just see myself being, oh, yes, I'd like to play with some nice white squares. <laughs> I like it because it, it tricks you into thinking you're actually good at music, and I'm pathetic. <laughs> I'm tone deaf, can't sing. Thanks, Mum. So, with this one, I'm like, I can actually record it. I can actually create a SoundCloud account, and I can mm-hmm. make music. I can remix Kanye West with this. It would probably still work. <laughs> and I really want to do that. 
it's ins- it is inspirational. Interesting. It's it's quite similar to a musical instrument, the monomy. Have any of you used that? I might have done once, but I don't quite recall. Same sort of thing. It's much harder to make it. Oh no! Actually, is it basically? It's like a, a like a physical version of this, like a big yeah, grid. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I say it's harder before. to make a nice sound. It's not. You still make a nice sound by hitting things, but you feel like. Whereas this, the restrictions on it make you feel like you're you're at the upper limit of it. Oh, I can't do much more at this. I'm pretty good at it. I yeah. couldn't get better. Satisfied. Whereas the monomy, you get put in front of you and you look at it, and you play around with, it and you think, yeah, I'm never going to be able to yeah. use this as well as someone good. No, I had that actually because my brother's housemate had one in Manchester, and he left me alone. And he said, oh, you might you might like this actually, and he just left me in a room with it, and like I was there. For for about five hours on my own, just doing it until I came out and said, "Look," and played this track that sounded like it was out of Deus Ex or something. I'm so proud. But that's a cool bit of gear. If you could do anything to this audio tool uh, to make it better, what would it be? I'd actually add some of the functionality of that equipment because mm. basically the Monomy allowed you to do that in the same way of setting up these kind of very simple sequences. But then you could go, "Okay, I'll save that." And then you, you had like multiple tracks and you could layer it. So you got, I'll save that as track one and I'll work on track two and you could change the instrument. Mm-hmm. So if you had multiple instruments and you could do different things, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and do different scales on it. Because after a while, I mean, they all sound pretty much the same. So if you could make, make things, I mean, that, that all sounds quite twinkly and nice. But if you had more sort of ominous scales that you could use, then, you know, you'd have a completely different I think one scale. of the other ones was more ominous. Oh, one, really? of, one of these other toys, it was very much yes, kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah. ominous sci-fi. The second uh, toy sequence that we're going to play around with is uh, the Tony B. Oh, I love this one. Oh, so I was I was properly rocking out to this for a while. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll put the uh, sandal laptop up so we can hear what Anne is doing with it. It's a bit more techno, isn't it? This one. Yeah, I was properly getting into this. I was having a little mini office rave. But it's got a brilliant little interface because it looks like a little console, which is really fun. So you're like pressing these little buttons, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm doing this. This is great." <laughs> It's great. It really reminded me of um, a grown-up version of a Fisher-Price <laughs> yes, toy. it was exactly like a Fisher-Price But it Price looks toy. a bit like a Fisher-Price <laughs> toy, doesn't it? I mean, it's got a beautiful design that looks like that. It's really appealing Very to the Very inviting, eye. yeah. Uh, you can play along with this at tony-b.org. It's a quite a tongue-in-cheek piece as well, isn't yeah. it? Um, I had an, an inordinate amount of fun with this, though, because I think because the fact there is a degree of skill with this, this is probably my favourite, actually, because you do have to time the windows of when you change things, and you can use the keyboard to shift the tone of the bass and also the main rhythm and switch on the kick drums, and you do get a sense of, if you practice a bit, I could make a proper song. Yeah, more than, more than the other ones, you feel like there's a lot you can actually do with it. Yeah, I kept getting annoying when I switched the bass line at the wrong time, and I was like, oh, no, not quite right. But also there's a, there's a lot you could learn on it So you could start off actually being quite bad And just teach yourself as well It felt like you could start off not, not knowing anything And work up to making something that sounded quite good She's, she's getting it, so I love the <laughs> shift there Oh yeah uh, Did the restrictions on this Did they make it less intimidating? Was it you know a more pleasant experience Because it's so playful? I like how it appeals to people who are talentless like myself <laughs> um, so it's not like it's not too confusing like one of the one of the kind of toys we tried which was like which was massive and I didn't even go near it this one is quite simple and that's 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 what I like about it and also obviously the layout 
because I used to have a similar thing in real life, a physical toy like that when I was little, and I was like, oh, it's just like, it's the same thing. And then also you can record it. You just press the button, you record your song, and then, you know, you make it big. That's it. Done. How are you getting on, man? I'm having the best time. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And the vocal stuff is just yeah, brilliant. Yeah, proper Daft Punk can, can, you, can, you, can you give us some vocals? That is excellent. It's amazing. Well done. done. Okay, so uh, the third and final musical toy we're going to talk about is Online Sequencer. And that's much more serious, isn't it? It is much more serious. Uh, It is. I mean, essentially what it says, there are lots of boxes. You can pick various instruments. The sequencer goes along. You hit uh, hit the blocks for the time and the pitch that you want to be playing at that time. And... You're, you're making music, Steve. You know what it is? Yeah. It's an online sequencer. I mean, it is essentially just an online sequencer, but it's magic, isn't and, it? And it's available at onlinesequencer.net. <laughs> and if you Google online sequencer, as I did, that's what will come this up. This is what you'll find. This How- is like the crashing reminder that you can't do it. It's, it's the equivalent of playing rock band for a night and then actually going and sitting down in front of a drum kit and just being like, no, I'm not a rock star. Music is actually quite hard. <laughs> Well, shall we shall we play your the thing you created? You can do, yeah. This was the best I could do. I really struggled. I couldn't work out how to do a loop longer than that. It's good. Gets a bit repetitive, I think. If I, <laughs> but it, it wouldn't if you were freestyling over yeah. the top of it. <laughs> Don't tell me. Can we make the beat drop? I think I'm not legally allowed to, uh, <laughs> to drop beats on the radio anymore. So we do have uh, the other things uh, that some of uh, some of the rest of you made as well. But you said this was the crushing reminder that you can't do this sort of stuff. Uh, did you find it less pleasurable to make this, or was there a kind of reward there? Uh, there was a kind of reward actually. It was just it was less enjoyable to get to. Um, I, I preferred the the kind of the last toy we had because of the fact that there was a reward for doing it well but even when you got it wrong it wasn't too bad where in this because it gave you a full scale of notes like all those ones with the crazy hashtags on them that oh. nobody even really knows that they exist um, trying to actually work out how to do them was just a nightmare and, and more often than not I just sort of thought well where do I start and I'm like well I put one there and one there no, that sounds terrible so it was basically a kind of trial and error I felt like I was playing Minesweeper without knowing how Minesweeper worked and but just randomly are, clicking you are essentially learning a new skill from scratch you're learning how to make music from scratch and the fact that you can experiment you can turn stuff on switch it, switch it off you know it works. You can listen back to it. You hear something, it sounds nice, you do it again. I think the thing that didn't help with this, though, because I do agree, but it's because it's MIDI, all of the instruments sound <laughs> horrible. <laughs> and so even when you do manage to get a modicum of, like, you know, competency, you still think, yeah, but it still yeah, sounds but, a bit rubbish, doesn't it? But at that point, then you switch it to a live orchestra. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's find out how Gemma got on. That's really sickening. That's great. Mine sounded like I'd stepped on a keyboard. That was it. <laughs> I managed to knock that up in five minutes. <laughs> oh, this is like 90s sure. chorus. Sure. <laughs> How long were you working on this for, really? 
Do you not remember that I mentioned a musician friend earlier on who was involved in the games? You should have heard the one that I actually made. It was it was just noise. It was just everything happening at the same time. Really? But we did do this together, mm-hmm. and then that was very rewarding. <laughs> cheating. Yeah, absolutely cheating. But at least I owned up to it. <laughs> Did you did you enjoy the process? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I was so excited when when I, well, I was like, look what I made, look what I made, even though I didn't make it. <laughs> I was still excited. But you know, we had to show the listeners what could be done with it. That, that was what I was thinking. I think sequences are really interesting because for me, they do straddle that line between uh, like blank sheet of paper intimidation and slightly directed creativity. As with those toys that we played with, you can just hit a note and suddenly there's something there and it's a representation of something you've created. That's really, really exciting. This is slightly more intimidating, but it still has that thing where you hit a note and then it's there and you can place another dot somewhere and okay those sound slightly bad but it's trivial to lift one up move one I, f- I find that really exciting yeah I think even with time and and on my own mm. um, all right I might not have made this but you felt that you could certainly make something that sounded halfway decent just, I, think, I mean it took a lot of time I think you, you need to invest that you time. get a ridiculous sense of achievement from when you just make some, a note that sounds nice you're like that well done because <laughs> I picked the right note there. that's really good that's right. Um, Aoife, how did you get on? That was pretty much the height of my achievement with it as well. I mean, I'm I'm not really a musical person. I, I like music that I hear, but I, I just can't I can't put it together in my head. Um, so I was just going boop, 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 you know, just clicking random boxes and being like, oh, that sounds pretty rubbish. You know, that sounds even more rubbish. But I, I had fun with it. I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go back to it or I wouldn't seek out that kind of game. But you it sound demoralised. I think the, the problem yeah, is, with this is like, the interface just doesn't help at all. No. Like, it looks like an Excel spreadsheet. It does. Yeah. Um, and there's no emphasis. I managed to kind of half cheat and realise that there was a, an option to kind of highlight some of the scales okay. on the thing. So I went, ah, so I went, all right, C major scale. And then it basically kind of greys out the ones that maybe mm. don't go as well. So <laughs> So you can you can have a bit of a because that yeah that, that was the thing because I mean I, I don't I didn't under I don't understand the notes I don't know what that really means so yeah it's I, like asking it was, a toddler to be an accountant exactly. you literally just like I don't know what I'm it's doing like, well, why are they all hashtagged I don't know I, don't, I have no idea but yeah Daria you're gonna have a SoundCloud soon you must have loved this yeah well no I'm gonna have SoundCloud with the simple ones where you just click the squares <laughs> this one was a bit too much and I agree with Aoife it's uh, it is a bit overwhelming for someone who like music I I absolutely adore music uh, and partially for the reason that. Uh, it's it's like a massive riddle for me. I just like I can't read it. Um, so yeah, I try I try doing stuff with it, but it reminded me of my experience with a program called is it Ableton Suite. Ableton, uh, oh, yes, yeah, that's yeah. the one. So I remember I had one summer when I had a lot of time to kill, and I sat down and I tried to remix a song because I thought it's going to be cool. Everyone can make music because you don't need actually to, to have any skill. You, need, you don't need to play the musical instrument. You can just sit down and press different buttons and it all works for you um, and I was wrong it was actually really really hard and this was like coming back to that experience and I was like I, I know that I can't come up with anything half decent and you do have the thing that you made yeah don't you? well so I made two things one of them I'm proud of the other one is funny if you tell me the number I, can I don't know it. the numbers okay. I've, I just recorded them onto my phone so it might not be the highest quality so this is the one that I'm proud of That's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned about the percussions at the end. <laughs> oh, excellent work. Um, yeah, so I was, uh, you know, proud of that. I worked really hard on that. I started off doing a couple of things, learned about uh, 
you know the different instruments that you could use on it uh tried some percussion on it mm-hmm. i had a really really nice time doing it i realized i so i have a uh, music a level and oh. so i think that i have maybe an upper hand here <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but actually i guess i hadn't actually thought that maybe just that background knowledge of knowing mm, so these are notes that the, the, the hashtags are sharps. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> Not a hashtag, guys. Um, although it would be excellent if that's how they taught music. Um, but yeah, so so I guess maybe just sort of going, okay, well, this is... I know in music this is how chords would look if it was on a um, thingy with the lines. What are they called? Stave. Stave. Wow. Oh, this is really I, old knowledge A-level music. A-level music. I definitely didn't get an A in that one. Uh, yeah, so I had a really, really lovely time doing it. And then the second one that I did, just going back to what we were discussing earlier with the uh, the games, when you're given complete creative mm-hmm. uh, control, you can do anything. I drew a penis. <laughs> this is what a penis sounds like in uh, Online Sequencer. That's you know exactly what that's what uncanny. Yeah, isn't it? Imagine that, isn't it? Like. So there we go. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Slight horror. Yeah, oh, it's a familiar sound to me. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was really pleased with that. <laughs> Excellent. So is it a game? Ah. That's like saying is music a game? Is um, life a game? Sort of. Is. Obviously, the "is it a game?" question is a bit boring, and is thrown around a lot at the moment in this world of Proteus and Minecraft. Are these games? These aren't games. Oh, where's the princess? I want to save a princess. Can't save a princess in this. It's a sequencer. But we've all had fun playing it, right? We've all had a good time, and you're working towards a goal, which is self-set, producing a piece of music that you enjoy. Daria failed to do that. Aoife had a demoralising time. Gemma used a cheat code. <laughs> I drew a penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe, so I, you know, if you can draw a penis in it, then yes, it probably is. And I know that um, Korg DS, available on Nintendo DS, is is more like an application than a game. But in terms of games on that system, I've had more playtime on it than anything else. Because where I would just be commuting my hour-long commute to Brighton normally... I'd play, let's say, Advance Wars, and I'd feel really rewarded for having completed level 19 of Advance Wars, and time just vanished. It, it'd gone, and I'd be like, oh, I'd love to play level 20, can't wait. Korg DS10, at the end of the commute, the time vanished in the same way, but I'd be left with something that I created, and it'd sound a bit bad. But even so, I'd have that amazing... Like, I made that. I pressed yeah. the right buttons, and it sounds in tune, and it's very, very small, and it just loops all the time. And But... It's it's mine, and, and that changed the way I feel about video games completely and changed the way I treat that journey because that journey previously was just, oh, I want to kill the time. Now it's, oh, I can make something. So a game that can give you that sense of actual achievement through creation, that's a pretty powerful thing, I think. Yeah, I think I learned to do lots of stuff. A lot of the, the foundations of things I now do like uh, f- for work or creatively outside of games mm-hmm. I learnt from games and I think that yeah that's the satisfaction of, of trying to make something and realising you've, you've messed it up slightly but then having learnt something from that that you then go back and next time you do it better one of my favourite games ever was even though it was rubbish in some regards was I love Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts because <laughs> it was like I'm very mechanically minded and that was creative but it was like how can I make a helicopter that's also an elephant right. and having these like little <laughs> challenges and I didn't actually like the main game but I just set myself little 
challenges and I was just making things really like Meccano. And I think something we've talked about a lot in this series is the ownership of a story, right? It's having something happen within a game that you can go out and tell everyone and go, oh this happens and I saw this and I did this in this way. That feeling of creativity, you know, for coming up with solutions but also feeling that something has happened to you in that experience that has never happened to anyone else before. It's really, really powerful, and that's something that all of the games that we've talked about today give you. They all give you unique experiences, which, you know, I think is great. It's certainly great. And it's, de- it's nice to uh, feel as though you have an input that, that your creativity means something, as opposed to just uh, going off the back of someone else's creativity, being told, go here, or you know you have to go here, you know you have to do that, so you're going to go here and you're going to do that, and actually just having a bit of freedom obviously that sometimes doesn't work for people they abuse that freedom (laughs) um but it is nice to be given it uh standout experience of the week Aoife um i'm gonna have to go with playpen yeah definitely it's um it's not something i can erase from my memory anytime soon (laughs) daria i like playing around with a simple musical toys Gemma, online sequencer matt i think yeah the musical toys for me brilliant uh thank you all so much for coming on the show and thank you guys for listening we've been one life left this was the last no continues but we will be back next week with our gdc preview show see you then see you